Hello everyone, I'm Paige Smith with After School, a podcast project from Simon Fraser University's Faculty of Communication, Art, and Technology. After School showcases FCAT alumni in traditional and unconventional career paths across communications, interactive art and technology, contemporary arts, publishing, and digital media. We would like to respectfully acknowledge the Musqueam, Squamish, Tsleil-Waututh, Katsi, Coquitlam, Kakat, Kwantlen, Semiama, and Tawasin peoples whose unceded traditional territories our three campuses reside. Today's episode of After School centers around our Education Consortium Collaboration Program, the Masters of Digital Media at the Center for Digital Media. Our student host, Chelsea Way, sits down with recent graduate Mars Balasakin to discuss his work as a game designer, developer, and producer. The two discuss video games as a medium for diverse storytelling, Mars's experience in both large and independent gaming companies, and the different work experiences working in mobile games versus AAA games. I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. This is SFU FCAT podcast, After School. I'm today's host, Chelsea, and the guest sitting with me is Mars who is a senior game producer and assistant designer with more than 20 years working experience. Both of us will be Center for Digital Media alumni, and I'm really curious about how he would introduce himself in one sentence. Thank you, Mars. Yeah, hi, everyone. Thanks, Chelsea. I'm Mars. I've been working in the game development industry for the past 20 years. I've picked up many different roles. I started out as a developer, Recently, I've picked up uh, systems design and working as a development director. So I've been working with U.S. companies as a contractor, looking at their operations pipeline and anything development related. Wow. So are you the director of the development department? Yeah, only in the operations and production. I supervise like what DevOps pipelines are, look at their performance metrics and give uh, recommendations. It's kind of similar to like our faculty, I guess. Not so much. Actually, I've been applying a lot of the things that I've learned from the faculty. Speaking of the faculty, what kind of things have you learned at CDM? I would say just just keep being agile, be open to learning. There's a lot of things that are unexpected. So how do you define yourself in the gaming industry? Yeah, right now I'm sitting as more like a generalist since I started as a developer and doing a lot of programming for several years, I got into a lead position where I was able to like look at the macro scope of things, moved into production and project management roles at some point. And in that position, I was more involved in a lot of design processes as well. Throughout the years, I suppose all those development knowledge and design knowledge just gave me a better view of how to estimate, how to plan ahead, and how to deal with anything critical that comes up during the development process. All those experiences are contributing to a lot of the decisions I make. So what's the biggest decision you can think of right now? If you asked me this question uh, years ago, I was always looking at like products and projects and how you would create better design and make them viable and usable products and projects. Nowadays, in my position, I'm more involved in the business side of things. So I'm looking at financials and budgets and like a lot of legal stuff as well. And those are harder things to decide on because it has to do with stakeholders' monies. Being realistic, would you like to start your own company? 
Yeah, I've always had that in mind, actually. I actually tried. I, I did three startups already as a stakeholder and incorporator. And those all have their own stories to tell. They've all failed. Some just burned out and some gave me a lot of experience on the business side of things and how to actually think about startups. I'm kind of hesitant because the things that I went through, it gave me a lot of things to think about. And I know that it's not easy, <laughs> uh, but nowadays there are cautionary tales that I have to consider, especially with looking at money and investors and stakeholders. It's definitely still exciting. Just a lot more to, to consider, I suppose. I, I'm not as hasty as before. <laughs> yes, I know that's very hard to operate stock companies, especially when you're involved with a lot of money or resources. Although it's very tough, What's your motivation exactly? I've always thought of myself as a storyteller. And I know that people have a lot of ideas, a lot of stories to tell as well. So I look at products as opportunities to communicate and they all have their own mediums, games being one of them. And I would definitely want to invest in a story that's worth telling and see if these things that could influence other people and change the world. What's the most interesting story that you want to tell? I look for stories from everyone i talk to people and ask them like oh, what is your story that you want to tell and then i i ask them do you want to actually make a game about that that's really interesting so it's not just my story but i'm also looking at other people's stories you have played so many roles in the past experience and which one is your favorite i would say i was very happy before with leading a design team it was still stressful, but not as stressful as like the business side <laughs> of things. But the decisions were always about we're trying to find good ways and proper design and like working with designers and who like critically think about what makes good product design or good game design. I enjoyed that experience a lot because there was a lot of uh, testing going on, prototyping and like uh, validating our ideas. And being designers as well, we had the opportunities to work with almost every department because we would be making decisions both on the creative side, the visual side, and even on the technical side. And there's a lot of perspectives to consider <laughs> for designing products. I really enjoyed that one. But you choose to go towards the business direction. Why do you decide to go for it? <laughs> I suppose it wasn't by choice. At some point in my career, I worked in a lot of big corporations which had more than 200 500 people i decided that i wanted to look into other avenues so i went into a lot of indie startups i went into that industry looking for what other creative products could i be working on instead of just feeling like just one small cog in the machine it was just taking a lot of time for decisions to materialize when i moved into the indie space things became a lot faster although because of my experience that I carried over to the indie space, I was being relied on for a lot of major decisions as well. I was happy to do that, but yeah, I would say it wasn't my choice initially. It's just I saw the need for studios and businesses to have that, so I tried to like see what I could do. <laughs> some startups that I joined were more on the business services kind of things, and then some were really trying to develop their own ideas. So you are a designer, a developer, and a producer. What are you most proud of? This kind of is conflicting on me. What do I want to do next? As a programmer, I could 
think of the technical side of things. Actually, in all our projects at CDM, I acted more as a programmer, but I wouldn't say that I am the best programmer. You know, <laughs> when I had to work with other programmers, I could see like the difference, and they're better as a designer. I could work with a lot of designers and have like a lot of discussions and and lead in some things. But at the same time, I feel like I only cover one aspect of the design, which is like the analytic, uh, the analysis part and the systems part. As a producer, to be honest, this surprises people a lot, but I've been telling people that I'm actually an introvert. I don't enjoy talking to people. <laughs> Before I got to the CDM, I actually felt very burnt out because I was acting like a middleman between a development team and the stakeholders. And there was just so many times that... that communication need to happen and I always felt tired at the end of the day <laughs> where I could I want to just you know be a programmer again or a designer again where I could just have like my, my own focus on things instead of being pulled from side to side by people who needed to talk to me but at the same time I've been hearing people say that I actually function well as a producer been saying that I'm a pretty good producer but what worries me is that like I don't have the energy for it. <laughs> it sounds like a challenge for you. And how did you tackle it? Oh, yeah. So the things that I've been learning at the CDM actually helped a lot. For one of my biggest challenges was the, the meetings and how to resolve uh, meetings and understanding your teammates and actually even trusting your teammates and other people. What was pivotal for me was the improv classes that we had with Patrick. There was just so many things that I learned. I realized that how I was doing it before was also the reason why I was being stressed out. <laughs> and there are better ways to do it. We talked about your positions, and I saw you worked on around 40 games. So how many games in total? Yeah, I would say close to that number. The reason being was... I come from the Philippines and in the gaming market in the Philippines is mostly mobile. So most of the studios uh, there as well have been working on either web games or mobile games, which is very different from what I see in the Western market. There are a lot of like, AAA studios and indie studios who are developing products for like a bigger products. I would say big, bigger in sense of, of scope for PC and like consoles. But for the Asian market, I would say, well, maybe specifically for in the Philippines, majority of the studios there are either doing outsource work, meaning they're operating studios for hire, where you could outsource like artwork, development work. It's either that or most of the IP that are coming from those studios are focused more on mobile. And mobile development are usually like a six, and an average, I would say, is a six-month project early on, like during the first generation smartphones, it would take probably like uh, six months to a year to make games. And I've been in studios where I've been working on multiple projects at the same time as well. So yeah, so that easily translates given like the, the experience, I could have four to five games a year being done because like it was just sometimes really fast. That also means like the scope isn't as big as if you were doing like a AAA project, which would take more than a year. Amazing. Do you think the gaming industry has a really fast pacing in iteration? In some platforms, specifically for, for mobile. I think I started out in my career as doing Flash and web games. And even like, uh, there was this uh, product before called um, Macromedia Director. 
before it was bought by Adobe. <laughs> I did a lot of macromedia products as well. In all of your gaming projects, which one is your favorite? I remember we were creating a fantasy strategy uh, game for Steam. Uh, we were building it from scratch, and we went through all the designs. We had to pitch it. It was kind of like my first experience in directing a game, and at the same time, having to look for like business partners and publishers. Kind of like we weren't running our own studio back then, but it was more of like an R and D project. But we had to go through that experience, so I learned a lot there. And like the team that I worked with were very supportive. We didn't get to release it, but I learned. So many things about how to take care of your culture, your team, and like the things that you need to be focusing on. What the director position actually means. <laughs> I see the people were essential in this project, and compared to the CDM experience, have you learned anything similar? I realized that aside from having good product design, what matters a lot is really the team, and. If there's one thing that I think works really well with we're doing projects in CDM is that、uh, we're getting the experience of working with other people. We're being put into teams, and we have to deal with all the challenges of coming up with products. And you know, every product is going to be different. Every project is going to be different. If I had to start a company again, my biggest challenge is always to look for the right team and making that team work. I think that has highlighted that part of of the way I'm thinking of running a business right now. The most important part of the project. Yes, I totally agree with you. In fact, we don't have a choice. Yeah, yeah. So you're kind of like forced in in reality. Sometimes you really can't choose those things as well, and you have to find ways and how to work with your teammates. In terms of your own business, do you think you have the choice to pick your team? Yeah, maybe a lot of times, yes, but sometimes it might not, because team members change. <laughs> your team members change. Like I used to work with a designer years ago. Like I really loved working with them, and they at some point in time they decided they want to do something different. Now they're looking for some other things. So those kind of things you have no control of, <laughs> and you'll have to, and that's the biggest thing with CDM. We've been learning and how to adopt, and how to be agile. So that goes a long way. How would you recruit new mates and assess them? It depends on the role. Their skills is just one side of things, but we're also looking at how they fit in your culture as well. So during interviews, I was not just looking at the skills and what they're capable of doing, but also looking at The way they think or work or even solve problems does it fit with the kind of culture that, that the current team has? So, for example, a lot of people would think that they just want to be focusing on work, complete the whole eight hours a day of work. But in some teams, they want to be knowing their teammates better. So we have dedicated times for like gathering team buildings and setting a culture where it's easier for us to trust each other. So we would play games together, have parties together, and there are some people who would just rather let me finish my work. That kind of attitude. So I have to assess those things as well. Do you think it's necessary or fun? Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. That's just kind of like a fun part as well. Getting to know、uh, the people that you work with. 
uh, like uh, when I said that I was most of the projects at the CDM, I've been operating as a programmer, but I was always trying to get the process of trying to know my teammates, makes them happy. And it just builds the sense that you're able to trust someone and vice versa. Yeah, I believe so. And what's your biggest challenge here? Right now, my biggest challenge is I still don't know what I want to do next. <laughs> I've had some meeting with the faculty as well for advisement about the next step and what I could do next for my career and future growth. The cool thing that I learned is like I'm not the only one. <laughs> There's a lot of other people at the CDM who are um, at this transitional point where they also want to know what comes up next. And like us working in projects, we have to figure that out. But the CDM is also a good place for students to discover what they're good at and what they want to be doing. That is exactly what's happening to me. In Projects 1, I acted as a programmer. I realized that maybe this isn't what I want to be doing in the long run. In, in Projects 2, I was a programmer, but also a semi a producer, project manager. And I also realized that huh, maybe I'm not as good in this as I thought I was. <laughs> so it's always like this safe environment to be testing things out and realizing, well, what's the next thing that you want to do? I don't know. I want to be involved in some design decisions at the same time because I'm part of a pitch project. I'm now exploring how could I be thinking about more the, the, the business side of things. Like I said, team members are always going to be different. Project setups, company setups are going to be kind of different. I would be able to know if I really want to be running a business or not. Congrats. You are an entrepreneur now. And is there anything unexpected happening at CDM? Yeah, there were several, actually. And that was the reason why I realized like, how I was doing things before. There were better ways on how to do that. So it's still all about working in a team, in a project. So one thing that I thought before was because I was bringing in all this experience and I was working with teams I thought that I would know like uh, the proper way to do things, but yeah, you know, so I got into surprises and challenges where actually what I thought would be good might not actually be good. So for example, like spending those meeting times to discuss things, actually, yeah, not a lot of people like that. And like the way to think about design sometimes you have to be fast in validating. And so that means that, that you're not spending too much time without validating with your user base, what are the learnings that you could get from it? And then pivoting, how to handle with pivots as well. The, all those things contributed to what I think of now as a better approach to do things. Idol and improvisation, right? Yeah, a lot of those. <laughs> Your experience opens my eyes. I can't help wondering why you determined to make a change in your life. Like after 20 years working experience, you still decided to be a student again. Back when I was in the Philippines, I was already working in one of the biggest companies in the game, that local game development industry. I was you know, a director role, manager game development division of that company. And... I felt like there was a lot more globally that was happening in the game development scene. And I've always viewed Vancouver as a like a melting pot for game development. There are so many studios here, so many opportunities, and 
the thinking is kind of different as well. So I wanted to know how to be globally competitive or at least be on par with the upcoming trends and technological advancements that are happening in the industry. And I felt that where I was at that point didn't really allow me or didn't provide that opportunity. And at the same time, I was feeling burned out already. And I I was really questioning my position in my career. Do I actually want to be doing this for the next five years? I don't know. And then I saw the program CDM. It sounds like this was what I was looking for because it's we get to work on projects at the same time. We are in a safe environment where we could explore and learn new things. I thought that this was a good fit. So I felt like there's still a lot that I had to learn. One of the key things I remember that uh, the faculty, Jason specifically, uh, gave me advice on was I need to be open to learning. And as long as I, I tell myself that there are still things to learn and there are still things that I could grow on, I would learn, definitely learn a lot more. And that's true. I, I really felt that happening. I realized that the goal here was really to learn and to be in this uh, environment where you could grow. Besides the faculty, how about the students or your classmates? The students at the CDM are just amazing. <laughs> There's so many amazing people in our cohort. And everyone who is in the program, there's a lot to learn from them as well. Yeah, I'm just overwhelmed with the talent that we have here. <laughs> and I think one of the best tools that we have in the CDM is the network us able to network with the faculty and learn from their learnings and them connecting us to other people as well, the network of students and the alumni. I learned a lot from the team members as well. So I guess like uh, the experience I have right now is, okay, as a programmer or designer or project manager, this is what my team members are relying on me to do. So that also allows me to think about this is this something that I want to continue doing for the next five ten years <laughs> and, and and deal with this specifically I mean there are definitely going to be challenges like that right now um, I still have to like gather <laughs> maybe data I don't know if there's a, another word for it but I, I have to gather more experience and finish the term finish the program and then see what I want to be doing we are going to finish this program soon. So what's your expectation now? Yeah, one term and the internship. So I feel like uh, this term might be pivotal because I'm stepping into like the business side of things. And that was where I came from. So I'd be able to validate once and for all, like, did I actually do anything wrong before? I think advice from the faculty is one thing, but the best, I think, suppose, especially if you're looking into what comes next after the CDM is the network that they provide because the faculty is well-connected, especially uh, they they have so many contacts even on, on LinkedIn and they could connect you with people in the industry. So when I met with Dave before, he shared some of his contacts and introduced me to some of the, the contacts as well. And I was able to have a chat with some of them on LinkedIn. And that goes a long way because um, having that contact on LinkedIn allowed me to ask questions and, and have some clarity and have a lot more points to consider. So, yeah, the, the faculty and their network, not just the, the advice that the faculty themselves make, but who they connect you to is very valuable. In order to encourage our potential students to come to CDM, 
What other career advice you could give to them? Hmm, I'm not sure about other industries, but for the the game development industry, I would say something that I could relate to is more like、uh, it's okay to be a journalist because I was worried a lot of about learning a lot of things and maybe I should just you know focus on one thing. There are some good、uh, merits to that, but if you're also like me, who went through a lot of roles and positions and tried to pick up and learn、uh, a lot of things, the best thing there is that you'll be able to understand and integration. And one key thing: we all have our contributions to our project. There is something valuable in, <laughs> in the person who gets who has the knowledge and how to integrate all these things. It's okay if you feel that it's overwhelming. Just take it one step at a time. There's going to be value in the things that you learn. After being in a stressful environment, you get to shift into like more relaxing and just fun environment. So there's like balance in that. Would you like to share more of your career stories? I've always also like been in difficult teams before. I know, like、uh, as a programmer, I've had arguments with other programmers before. For some reason, those have been ingrained in my mind. What did I do wrong? Stuff like that. So, in relation to what I was saying earlier, those are like learning experiences. <laughs> There was a designer as well. Yeah, I was in a design meeting, and we were taking too long. There was a designer who was very frustrated at what we were discussing, and they just spoke up too loudly. And like how you deal with that is always trying to understand as well, like what where they're coming from. So be aware of team dynamics. Always be aware of you. How are you also going to be supporting your teams? Whether it be programmers, designers, people would remember you a lot from the support that you gave them. That's the only thing I could think of right now. Nothing too specific. <laughs> Maybe next time you could tell me some other interesting stories or make a game for me. Yeah, maybe some other time. I'm always open to answer and talk about life, <laughs> work and life. <laughs> Let's hang out for coffee. Thank you, Chelsea. Thank you so much. This is Chelsea. Thanks to everyone for listening to this podcast. After School is a podcast project from Simon Fraser University's Faculty of Communication, Art and Technology. This has been our conversation with Mars Belasakin, hosted by Chelsea Way. The After School podcast is created by Tessa Arsenault, Emma Keeler Duga, Stacy Coplin, myself, Paige Smith, and each of our student hosts. You can learn more about SFU's Faculty of Communication, Art, and Technology at our website, sfu.ca/fcat, and you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. With our handle fcat at sfu, that's fcat at sfu. You can also learn more about the Center for Digital Media at thecdm.ca, and follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Center Digi Media. That's Center D I G I Media. Next time on After School, we'll be hosting a conversation with interdisciplinary artist duo Olive Theory, which includes performers Shion Sky Carter and Stefan Nazaravic. Make sure you subscribe to After School on your podcasting app of choice so you don't miss it. We'll see you next time.